other. I would hang out in his office. He'd say, come up and talk to me. And we would talk about film and life and everything that, that, that I never really, you know, talked to anybody about in that much depth. It was really fantastic. And I knew what his dreams were, he told me, and he wanted to know mine. And it was really getting to know somebody, right? Right. And so he calls me up one day and he says, listen, I've got a Christmas present for you. It was Christmas time, 1977. And he says, I have a Christmas, please come out. So I came out and um, were, he says, here's your gift. And it was a bonus, it was cash. And mm. he said... Um, do you know how to play chess? I said, no, I don't. And I said, teach me. So he started teaching me, and I am a quick study. And I started beating him. <laughs> wow. And he did not like that. <laughs> oh, no, he did not like that so at he's, all. He's pretty competitive. He, he, oh, yeah. And he, he, especially some bitch who just doesn't know how to play chess, right? <laughs> and, and he shoved the everything aside. He knocked all the pieces off the thing. He knocked the chessboard off, and he came at me and started kissing me. And I said, oh, Jesus, my God, oh, whoa, wow. what's going on here? And he said, you know that I'm attracted to you. And I said, yeah, and me too, and da 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 And he yada, said, yada, 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 <laughs> and he, he says, um, oh, shit, my wife's here. Now, he was married to Deborah at that point, and... He looked out of the office window. It was up up on the second floor, and she was coming in. I said, Richard, I'm going to go. He goes, write down your address. So I wrote down my address, and um, that point I was staying at a I was um, staying at a friend's house, uh, John Schlesinger's boyfriend's house on Sweetser. Anyway, he he came and knocked on my door, and we made love that night, and he was. Something about him was rushing. I said, what are you, trying to catch a train? And he thought that was the funniest thing he ever heard. <laughs> and, and the next morning, he asked me for some cabbage or green beans. And I said, well, I don't have anything like that in the fridge. I'm sorry. And, you know, what, are you pregnant? I mean, what's going on? Anyway, I went back east for Christmas to see my family. And um, he went back to Northridge to his wife, Deborah. Wow. And, and um, when I flew back a week later on New Year's Eve, that's when the shit went down and he shot the car. Oh, wow. And people started calling me. My phone was blown up. Are you okay? Are you Because they knew I was working for him. And I said, yeah, what's going on? And they told me what happened. And... So the, his secretary called and said, stay away from the house, Jen, stay away. It's just, you know, because cops were involved and everything. And I said, fine. So I didn't, I didn't go out there for a week. And then he called me. He goes, well, what happened? I said, what do you mean what happened? I was told to stay away. <laughs> he said, no, 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 you need to come see me. So I came to see him. And we stayed together for like three or four days. And then he went to Hawaii, and I flew down a week later to meet him. And then we were together. That we just were together from then on. Wow! It was yeah. It was kind of. And then in Hana, I I fell madly in love with him because in Hana I saw what an elegant 
I saw his elegant side, this, this, this quiet. There were no disco balls in Hana. There was no partying. It was only nature and peace and quiet. And, you know, we'd walk through the pastures together, and he'd interview the cows. And, you know, we just had this wonderful, magical time, and I fell madly, madly in love. So, I mean, I was already head over heels, you know, but I just saw this wonderful side to him, which I hadn't seen heretofore. And it was just so moving to know that, you know, this was really how we wanted to live, you know? Yeah, so he, he was such a beautiful man to me. And um, so at this at this point, was he still married? And, and well, they were getting divorced because gotcha. of all that car shooting incident. Because gotcha. she she said, you know, I'm ta- me and my gals are taking your. And he said, not in this car. You're getting your hush puppies. And he shot the <laughs> he shot the tires and he shot the engine and the cops shot. But he went in the house because they got guns too. But they don't shoot cars. They shoot and and right. Yeah. And so he, yeah, that was it. And she got, she, each girl who was in that car, I think there were three, each girl got a lot of cash. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. now your friend that introduced you to Richard. Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. She dated him kind of? Well, I call her the one night stand who stayed too long. Ah, see. Yeah, she was in love and he wasn't. See. And, um, well, if you want me to tell that story about the very first time I met him, I met him on August 22nd, 1977, and she took me out there to meet him. And I have a photo of that uh, first meeting that this his friend, uh, an artist, Prophet, took this S- with an SX-70, and it's kind of um prophetic photo. You can see I already look like the cat who swallowed the canary. Um <laughs> But, um, so, uh, a couple of weeks later, it was my birthday, and he hands me an envelope full of cocaine. Now, keep in mind, everybody, audience listeners, <laughs> that it was the goddamn 70s, and everybody was doing it. Yeah. And, and we, people hadn't started dying yet. You okay. know, it, it was, it was not yet, like, oh, shit, this is going over, <laughs> this is, this is over the top, out of control. Um, so we were all doing our lines and, and, you know, playing. I played him a song I'd written on the guitar. I played guitar, and he sang a song on the guitar about Deborah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and um, so finally it got late, and I said, oh, I got to go. I got to be back at work, meaning his house, the very next day. He said, go back in the guest room, Jennifer, and sleep there, because you're going to be back here in a few hours anyway, which was true. Yeah. So I went and... I went and the guest room and I fell asleep don't know how on that coke because it was good coke and um, <laughs> Lucy comes in it, the sun is coming up and she's got the you know the, the coked rimmed nostrils and her eyes are blazing and she goes come on get your things we're leaving I said what what just happened and she said he pulled a gun on me I said excuse me what because Richard pulled the gun on me. Come on, we're leaving. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I've got to be here in an hour and a half anyway for, for, for to work and meet these workmen. So she left furious at me that I wasn't loyal to her. Um, and But I was not, I was loyal to my job. And at that point, wild horses couldn't have dragged me away. And, <laughs> um, and Richard came in about an hour later in this blue terry cloth robe that was kind of tattered and had a hole or two in it. And he, he said, Jennifer, 
she's gone, I fired her, my house is all torn up, will you stay and help me? And I, oh yes, Richard, I will stay. <laughs> <laughs> I will help you, absolutely. And um, and that, you know, and then that led to getting to know him and, and, and then cut so, to six months later with the car shooting incident. What, what? happened was the gun, pulling the gun on her, yeah. I later found out, was because he asked her for a blowjob and she wouldn't deliver. <laughs> <laughs> so that... And he, he pulled, he, he used to keep this 357 wood handle magnum by his bed. Wow. Um, oh yeah, and he pulled it on her and, um, you know, he, she, she said, she hightailed it. He no. pulled that gun on me once or twice too. And he cocked the trigger. I Ooh. have that gun now. I took the firing pin out, <laughs> and I, I emptied the bullets. He he um, he pointed at me once. He was he was high, and uh, I, I walked away. And I heard I heard there were uh, six bullets in the chamber, and he I heard three. He pulled he blew three off. One in his bedroom. One. Was it two or five? Anyway, he blew, blew, it was on the two or three he, shots, I could hear them. He gets to the, where I am, in the vestibule of the kitchen, points it at me, cocks the trigger and says, get out, bitch. And I said, no problem. And I went and sat on the stoop and smoked a cigarette and went back in 20 minutes later and said to him, what the hell was that? And he said, oh, I'm so glad you didn't make me shoot you. Oh my God! I know, I know, and I have that gun. I have that gun. I, I, and I have the the remaining bullets. I took the remaining bullets out, and um, when I wrote my memoir, I made a little piece of art out of it. The three bullets and the three edited the pencils the editor used from my book, and I said lemons into lemonade. Oh. And, yeah, and I have that. I have that gun in plexiglass. That's the same gun he used to shoot um, the car. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, did you go with Richard to the comedy clubs? To... Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Now, did you know how funny he was No, no, I didn't. I wasn't familiar with his work. I knew that he had this following and this excitement around him, but I didn't know what was up. So one night we're out in Beverly Hills, and um, we're going... You know, it's the middle of his divorce, and every now and then he'd cry. And finally, I said, "Listen, I can't fix it. If you know enough of this, if you if you need to cry about her, then you go back to her. But I'm not doing this." So he, you know, we were we Tough. were really, oh yeah, I wasn't I wasn't gonna stick around for that kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, those kind of blues over another woman. No, -uh. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. So we were in the car, and he's we're going up cold water, and he does it. He does a U turn. I said, "Where are we going?" He goes, "You'll see." And you know, it was after the shooting the car. It was a few months after now. So now we're 1978, and um, he we pull into the comedy store, and. I said, what are we doing? He goes, you'll see. And the next thing, he puts me down, sits, sits me at a table um, next to Mitzi, and Mitzi Shore, the owner of the club. Right, Polly's And mom. he disappears, and then a few minutes later, I see him, he's on stage. And I started taking notes. Huh, just automatic. Automa automatically, I started taking notes. So then I started going with him 
to the club every night, and every night I would take notes. And what how, how we did it was in the morning, we would sit by the pool, go over those notes. He would keep what didn't what didn't work, and he would keep what did work, and then he would expound on that that same night. He was really great at woodshedding. Put it, and that's how he put that live in concert together. Now, can I ask and, you was was it? Something that you just did automatic, like you automatically. Wanted? Okay, gotcha. You know, I kept <laughs> journals all my life. I'm a writer, and I, you know, I just started doing it automatically. And um, so it was, it was really interesting because you know, I say, Richard, this stuff they really, they really like it when you stalk the stage. You know, you've got to move your body more. You've got to, and I started buying them clothes that would move too. You know, Armani jackets made out of okay. fabulous material, and yeah, and so. And and uh, and you asked me the other day, did I actually, you know, really help him with some routines? Macho Man was my routine. And, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and, and Richard holds the copyright on it, but yeah. um, which now I hold. But okay. um, so, it, it, you know, we were making love one day, and he got out of bed, strutting like a peacock. <laughs> and I said, Oh, you think you're the pussy murderer, do you? I said, Oh, you're the pussy murderer, macho, macho man. I see it too, macho man. You killed that pussy. Okay. And and he did a whole routine on it. And that's the that's that whole routine, Macho Man in, in live in concert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And that, that to me is, you know, we were so in love during that time, but it was such a, also such a creative time, you know, it was such high creativity. And then I went on the road with him when he took the, his act on the road, and then we um, ended up shooting it, you know, uh, the end of that year now, uh, at the Long Beach Theater down in Long Beach. Now, um, I want to kind of veer off a little because now when Pryor first started he was he 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 was Bill Cosby he and that's what you needed to be absolutely to be mainstream to get up on stage Oreo cookie yes yes Oreo cookie what, what happened, happened was, to turn well, yeah, him into I'll, rich I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you the genesis of, of his evolution and what yes. happened um and Scott Saul wrote a great book, Becoming Prior. Uh, uh, basically, it, it kind of tracks that evolution and, and his journey and how he, how, how he became Richard in the comedy we know today. He was on stage at the uh, Aladdin. And, uh, oh, shit, was it the Aladdin or the Flamenco? I think it was the Aladdin. And um, he looked in the audience and he saw Dean Martin looking back at him, kind of like unsure and... You know, with this kind of bewildered, quizzical look. And he said, what the fuck am I doing? And he walked off stage. And shortly thereafter, he took off for the Bay Area up north, San Francisco, and hung out with the Black Panthers and started really um, figuring out what direction he was taking. And, of course, it was such a... The backdrop of America at the time, you know, you had your SLA and... and um, Patty Hearst, and you just had a lot of, America was blowing up, right? Yeah. There was a lot of shit going down, riots, and so he he really started talking from his heart and soul and from his psyche and not, not that, you know, homogenized, 
you know, white bread, wonder bread mentality. <laughs> and, and started realizing that he had this font of material from his wonderful family and, and, and stories and how he grew up in his childhood and where he came from and he was brought up in a whorehouse. And I have radio interviews that he did at, um, for KPFK that would chill you. I mean, they're just so brilliant. Wow. And you, yeah, you can track his evolution there because, I mean, he talks about Attica. Attica happened right then. It was happening. It's just, we're in the early 70s now, and he was really, um, you know, he was absolutely tackling big issues about black America and the issues that had to be faced in America. And yeah. And it, it, it's, it, it's really amazing. And his own poetry. He, would, he wrote poems and recited oh, them. Oh, wow. Yeah, just amazing. I mean, if you ever saw that, that bit out of Watchstack's film, too, when he really, you know, you can see him taking shape as an artist. And that's really, that's when he gave birth to himself, the Richard Pryor that we know now. See. And, yeah. and, and, and kicked that Cosby crap to the curb. <laughs> However, I will say, whenever he got insecure... You could hear him do a Cosby imitation. Huh. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to some. Yeah, if I rarely, could... rarely. Right. But it, it would happen, but, you know, he sometimes, when he had his insecure moments. Um, now. But, yeah, he was brave. I believe it was Lily Tomlin that got, yeah. that got him the gig at the Hollywood Bowl, was it? Oh, man, that was that. There are a lot of stories about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What, do, what do you know about that? Well, here's what he told me. He told me that um, there were there was a black troupe of dancers there called well, the Lockers. Let's tell people what the Hollywood Bowl was. Okay, it's just this giant outdoor bowl stadium um, where all kinds of artists go, and and it's it's a kind of it's a summertime thing. Um, mainly, and you can have picnics there, and it's it's just a it's a big venue, and it and it packs a lot of people. Almost like a don't, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know what the capacity before. was, but it was just giant. And um, what happened was it was it was for human rights, and and essentially it was gay rights, right? Right. Um. And what happened was that there was a troupe of dancers, black dancers there called the Lockers. And they were downstairs, and he thought that they were being mistreated. He thought they were being disrespected and mistreated. How exactly, I don't know, but some sort of um, uh, rudeness he felt was going down and disrespect. And he didn't do that in front of Richard and have Richard be quiet. Richard wasn't going to, he didn't suffer fools. So he went on stage and went off. He called them, he called them F.A.s, you know, he called them, <laughs> oh, God, and kissed my rich black ass, and where were you when Watts was burning, you know, he's saying to all the gays, and of course, I was running with a lot of them at the time, a lot of the gay boys, you know, yeah. and, and they just, um, everybody was really outraged about it, but, um. But, you know, that's who Richard was. You know, you take all of them. You take all of them. You, you're not going to take a piece of them or part of them. It's like, you know, this is, this is who Richard was. And, you know, he ended up having to apologize. But that week was, oh, what a week. He got married in that week. He married Deborah that week. 
he quit his he quit the NBC show that week. He um, uh, told everyone to go to ha- kiss my ass at the Hollywood Bowl, and it is proof that with Richard, one month with Richard is like twenty five years. Somebody living in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this: What do you think that Richard thought about Bill Cosby? You mean as far no. as like during the later years, maybe earlier, but but you mean that the shit that Bill did? Yeah, in general. Well, listen, we all knew in Hollywood it was it was it was an open secret that Paul, that Bill was a serial cheater. Right. He, he, yeah, he, he he cheated on on his wife Camille all the time. Right. Um, we just didn't know he was a serial rapist, and of course Hannibal Burris <laughs> was the one who lit that fire, didn't they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, poor guy. I, I think it's going to follow him forever. But um, he, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's so weird because that stuff was out for years, and it just shows you never know when a fire will be lit like that. Because he just happened to say it. Somebody recorded it guerrilla style on their phone, rather poor yeah. video, and it blew up. The shit blew up. By the way, I talked to my friend Mike Epps yesterday, and um, he said, "Have you heard about Eddie dissing?" Um, Bernie, um, Bernie Mac. Oh, have you heard wow. anything about that? No, I haven't. Eddie Murphy apparently went on Seinfeld and excoriated a Bernie Mac in some way, which is oh, really wow. strange. Yeah. See? I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance today. He said, "Look for it. Look it up. You know, go on YouTube." But I, I didn't find it. But I didn't look for it. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wondering. But now, um, let me tell you something, Richard. Richard wasn't always good. Right. Richard beat me up. I stayed. I take responsibility for my part. Um, Richard was a womanizer. Obviously, uh, you know, drug user. And as I said, the demons sometimes would come out and, you know, have, you couldn't chase them back into the barn fast enough. Um, but he didn't rape anybody. Here's my follow. Here's my follow up question to you. So you can't really follow it up. But he is my favorite, favorite comedian. I mean, dead or alive, he's just yeah. it for yeah. me. So what are, what is your greatest routine? that he's done. What do I think his greatest routine is? Yeah. Oh, well, my favorite is what we did together live in concert. I okay. mean, bar none, because, you know, we were in love, and I saw how he put it together. You know, Richard was an incredibly disciplined person, too, and and the way he worked, you know, every night going to the club, every night tossing out what didn't work, bringing in what did, developing that, and and finding his, his feet in, in another kind of way, you know, like, learning how to stalk the stage and, and move around. And, you know, I, I, that was really, and, and of course, the, the, the last couple of routines about me, you know, and the bitch came. <laughs> 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 bitch got on top. And, you know, all right, bitch, you get on top. <laughs> well, that's because he's macho, man. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was that bitch. And, um, yeah, so, you know, that those, the, I think that, that whole routine, because, boy, you saw, too, how he, 
talk about lemons into lemonade. He took that whole car oh, to yeah. the incident, right? And you know, he was arrested for that, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> he, he, yeah. And he totally took that and, and flipped the script on that. He just yeah. turned it, yeah, made a, made a lot of money and, and crossed over. That was his crossover piece. Like See? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 That was his crossover yeah. when he really, when all the white people decided that, you know, they really adored him, you know? <laughs> now, how did yeah. he meet Paul Mooney? Oh, shit. Well, Paul, that's a complicated relationship, you know? By the way, that whole thing about Junior and Paul, you know, Paul's got dementia now. I mean, oh, I didn't know, know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike oh. told me yesterday if you go, if you walk by Paul, he won't know who you are. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so that's that's not good, but no. um, you know, but they, they had a complicated relationship, and of course, it was born out of the fact that Richard was successful and Paul was eh, not as successful, right? Right. Well, so you know, and and Paul, listen, I'm not going to diss Paul and his comedy. Some of it was very good and valuable. Oh yeah. Right. Yes. And and some of it wasn't some of it wasn't fucking funny he, he i agree with that I agree sometimes with that. yep sometimes he could clear a room he got kicked out of the comedy store many many times because he would clear or people would leave and you know the thing about richard is he didn't he made he made he would take some the kernel of the truth and make it funny and make you see the truth but do it with humor obviously and also the thing about Richard, he didn't always make you laugh. Sometimes he would just tell a story about about God wanting to talk to, and Howie Mandel tells this story, being at the club one night, and Richard telling a story saying that uh, God came down and said, uh, hey, you know, Rich, I want to talk to uh, Martin Luther King. Um, I'm sorry, um, Martin Luther King uh, was assassinated. Well, can I talk to Bobby Kennedy? And I'm sorry, Bobby Kennedy was I'm sorry, God. Well, what about Robert Kennedy? Uh, God, sorry, the same. What about Meg Revers? Oh, sorry, sorry, God. Um, and nobody laughed, but everybody was riveted to the yeah. story, right? And Howie Mandel tells the story that running into Richard saying, I was at the club when you did that routine. What happened? Why didn't you ever do it again? And Richard told him, because Robin stole it. Wow. Now, Robin and Richard were friends. Yeah, yeah. But it, show, it shows you the what com, how, how ruthless comics are. <laughs> and I know, you know, actors wow. are terrible. I mean, they're so competitive and jealous of everybody and everything and each other. But comics are worse. Comics are just ruthless. But back to Paul, you know, there was a love-hate thing there, you know? And, and the problem with Paul is, and of late, in the past several years after Richard died, he started taking credit where credit, he had no fucking right to take credit for fucking routines that Richard wrote. See? And, and like, dude, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Now, having said that, Paul worked on, was one of many writers on the NBC Variety Show. Right. Paul was one of a few writers on JoJo Dancer. So, you know, Paul was usually a, with a collection of, of people, of writers. But Paul did not fucking write for Richard Pryor. But here's, what, here's what I wanted to ask you. Um, 
So, and, and my, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, so I, I'm just, you know, I'm 45. Is this 40, Ed or I'm, Max talking? This is I'm, Max. This is Max. Okay, I'm 40, hi, Max. I'm 45 years old, so I'm, I, you know, I'm, I've always, I grew up on Richard Pryor. I love Richard Pryor, but here's my thing. I've always thought he was, like, erratic or just he, no one could write for him because he thought outside the box so much. Absolutely. He, he That's did. exactly right. He would get, I saw him that first night on stage. He looked down and he saw a piece of candle wax and he started talking about the fucking <laughs> candle wax. And all of a sudden he's spinning this uh, unbelievable magical tapestry <laughs> comedy out of candle wax. That's why I don't think anybody can write for him. You can't write for him. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. And 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 the way Richard would just because Richard flew with no net. You yes. know, when comics say, well, what would you tell a comic? I said, go get on the fucking stage with no net. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, don't be, be brave. Fly. Go. Risk, risk, risk. And then when you get off stage, <clears throat> go home, you remember, you write it down, you go back <laughs> and you do the same thing. And you build, and you build, and you build, and you build. And that's called woodshedding. Yes. And very few comics do that anymore. Yes. Uh, that is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that is very, very true. But Max, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You, you, nobody could write for Richard. I mean, that's crazy. So when Paul Mooney was trying to assert that, it was like a bunch of shit. You yes. know. I mean, and, you could you could tell it in, it in in his art. I mean, you you can't just come up with stuff on the fly like that. No, it's like that, it's like say, it's like saying that you know uh, uh, somebody painted Picasso's painting. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. Or yeah. Salvador Dali, right? Right. I mean, what are you talking about? You know, you, you're you're not you're not going to you you that that is that is his psyche and soul on the stage bursting forth. In, in, in the most honest and true way possible. And that is why he connected so fiercely with his audience, black and white. Yes. Because of that fierce connection and because of his willingness to be vulnerable. And exactly. his openness and his honesty. And you don't, you don't have someone write that. That is, that is too authentic. Yes. That is too authentic. No. And you know, not, and again, not to not to denigrate Paul. I mean, Paul had some had some good stuff, but Paul Paul's bitterness sometimes got the best of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I've, I've had some of Paul's CDs, and yeah, I've been driving down the street and bust out laughing. And then yeah. there's times where you go, okay, dude, you done went way too far. Yeah, okay. you went way too far, me, and that's not funny yeah, either. You yeah, know, me I fast mean, tell me something that's true and real, but make it funny, okay. you know, or, or, or at least don't make me want to turn the CD off. Right. Now, right? were you the white girl in JoJo Dancer? No, that was Shelly. Okay. I okay. was, I only got the, my part, <laughs> my <laughs> was that my the part, end? My part was on the phone saying I'm leaving. I'm going back east, and he he was talking to me on the phone. Yes. And, and no, Shelley was in there. Uh, who else was in Georgia? That was Rain's mother, Shelley. Okay. The white okay. lady, yeah. And um, and who else was in? What other uh, one? I think De I think De Deborah was represented Deborah in there. Was wasn't in there. She? Yeah. Uh, Deborah. De 
didn't, didn't Debbie Allen play Debbie? Debbie Allen played Deborah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, Debbie Allen played Debbie, yeah. yeah. And Sheila McRae played the grandmother, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. yes. I and, love and JoJo let me, dancing. Let me tell you, I knew that grandmother. She was a fierce piece of work, honey. <laughs> she, but, I, but I had mad respect for her. I had, and I'll tell you what. And I know, I know she she sent a woman in in the room one day, and that's a whole other story. No, you she have to like, tell that story. With a two by four. So yes. My legs. Oh my yes. god. Yes. Um, well. Richard and I have been up doing blow all night, and the sun's coming up, and it's time to try to get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and and the phone rang, and, um, and the buttons start lighting up. Remember, it's the 70s, and yes. the buttons are lighting up. And Richard picked up the phone. He goes, no, uh, no, 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 we're resting. We're sleeping. Don't bother us. Because the phone started ringing. People wanted to talk to Richard. And the phone rang again, and he said, this time you tell Mama, and Mama was visiting at the time, Mama was, and when Mama and Aunt Dee came, the whorehouse came with, I mean, it was, <laughs> that was, she was running the house, she was cooking, she ran it, right? Wow. And, yeah, and, um, so, he, the phone rings again, and he says, tell Mama not to bother us, so I pick up the phone, I said, Mama, Richard told you not to, and he goes, she goes, uh, and I slammed on the phone, it rings again. Richard picks it up the third time, and he said, what? He puts it on the phone, he goes, I don't know what she just said. I don't understand. I said, what did she just say? Richard, and she, he said, she just said, there's a man out here with a stick. And I said, a man out there with a stick? Well, the next thing I know, Barbara, this housekeeper, African-American housekeeper whom I had hired, she works cook for for John Schlesinger, the director, and I knew they were friends of mine, and I hired her away from them. She comes bursting through the door with a two-by-four, and it, and I'm sitting up in the bed, and it slams it over my legs. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And then she climbs on top of me, She and she was a big bitch, and she pinned me down. What? And she, a big thigh on each arm. Wow. And her hands around my neck. Whoa. Strangling me. And, and I'm looking, at, and Richard, of course, now, he, he's, he's jumped off the bed, and he's on the sidelines looking at me, <laughs> and my head is swiveling to him like, you got to help me, I'm dying over here. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and he's, he's, he finally, <laughs> finally saw that I was choking. She was choking me, oh and God. he threw her off. Wow. And it was it was a big confrontation between me and Mama, and uh, I left the house. I first I went outside and I dove in the pool. I tried to front it. I tried to you know it, that it that it didn't hurt me or bother me. It didn't me that happen. Much. Yeah, that yeah. it really that, yeah. that they weren't going to get the best of me. Right. Cause the, the, a scene happened in Peoria, kind of similar, <laughs> that, but it was about with another woman. Oh, it was uh. awful. But anyway, and I never wanted them to see my pride be damaged right so right. I went, but but i but i ended up telling her off and richard said you can't speak to my grandmother that way you have to leave the house and i said okay i left the house and um he a couple days later he calls me i had an apartment in beverly hills and he calls me and says um even though we were living together i kept this place and he says you got to apologize if you want to come back to the house so I thought that was rich irony, right? Yeah. But 
but um, but I did. I apologized, and uh, you know, I I never hated her, and I'll tell you why. I actually I really appreciate who she was. I had a deep understanding of who she was. Man, she grew up during Jim Crow. Mm. She grew up in Peoria, Illinois, during Jim Crow. And she went through some shit. And she was a tough old bird. <laughs> and she ran that whorehouse with an iron fist. And wow. she sent that she sent that barber, the cook housekeeper, in there. She, that's how they met it out punishment in the whorehouse. Wow. That's how they did it. They beat a whore up, and, and she treated me like I was one of the whores. See, see that's, that was one thing I loved about JoJo Dancer to me was that it was so honest and pure. Yes. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And, and, like, you know, when Richard got beat up as a little boy and yep. his grandmother told him, you're going to get up early, you're going to get you a good hiding place with a stick, and when those right. boys come by, you're going to get out and you're going to wail That's on it. them. Okay? That's it. That's it. She, she didn't take any shit. No. no. Nobody messed with a dancer. She kept, she kept a razor blade in her bra. A razor blade. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, she didn't, she didn't play. And, and you know, but I understood it. And I appreciated her. Now. Uh, yeah, she didn't like me. She liked now, Pam now, Greer. No, she wanted you, Richard to marry Pam Greer. Okay. So, uh, now, as far as Pam Greer is concerned. What did Richard think about Pam Greer? What did he think about her? Yeah. Well, he told me he wanted a lover, not a nurse. Ah. Okay. Because she was, she was, and she still is kind of pretty high and mighty about, you know, I, I, I do protein drinks, and the way she kind of talked down to Richard about he did drugs, and I tried to get him on the straight and narrow, and I tried this, and I did this, and I did that, and it's like he didn't want a nurse. Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 She yeah. works all the time. She's on a, a gig on TV. Oh, yeah. On yeah. a series. Now, now, what ended the, div uh, the the marriage the first time? Ah, uh, well, oh, God. Um, so, it was a year after the fire that um, we got married, but we were separated after the fire. Um and I saw him, the fire happened June 9th, 1980, and we got back together in January 81, and, but it wasn't, we weren't really back together, he was going out with everybody, he was going out with Margaret Theater, <laughs> and he was dating, and so well, finally one night I said, well, I'm going to go out and get myself a lover, and I, I went out and I fell in love with this, this kind of fell in like, let's say, with this guy, um, Venezuelan Ignacio. <laughs> and boy, Richard can tell when when he loses a woman because I I was he, I was gone I was gone, and uh, he called me from Hana and he begged me to come down. Now that's about August, and um, so he's jealous now. And he realizes, and he says, yeah, he realized I was getting ready to go to Europe for the summer, and um, he he said, I want you to come down and see me. And um, the house was finally built. We had picked a piece of property and picked uh, the architect and the house was finally finished and he said I want you to come down for the housewarming and um, so I went down there and he proposed to me and uh, we were married a week later oh, wow. and that was June uh, um, what was it wait a minute August 10th oh, where are we August no August 16th uh, um, 
1981. Wow. And we were married in Hanamaui. And we came back. Now, mind you, Richard hadn't gotten real honest about the fire. He was still pretending it was an accident. But it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was a suicide attempt, as you know from JoJo, right? Right. It was a suicide attempt. And um, he um, wasn't getting honest about it. I said, Richard, you didn't go through the fucking burning bush. you got to tell the truth. You know, you just, you have to tell the truth. And he started writing, which was great. But he came back too early. So we had all those handlers, Skipper and him, and people, his managers and lawyers, telling him, Ray Stark, you know, please come back. We want to do this live on, live on Sunset. And it was too soon. I said, it's too soon. You need to stay here. You, you tried to commit suicide, dude. You're not okay. See. Well, we, we came back and we rented a place in um, Truesdale. So we were near the club. And because um, Northridge, where our house was quite a ways, Northridge in the Valley. And, um, you know, he was woodshedding going every night but uh-huh. things weren't fabulous things his, it was he was having a, a difficult time putting the act together and um and he started doing drugs and hanging out with robin again and mm. um yeah it was it was not good and um so we shot we were doing two nights shooting at live on sunset and the first night he walked off people don't know this story because they think it was kind of you know his triumphant moment well it wasn't, it wasn't. The first night he walked off and said, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, and went, came to, went back to the trailer. And in the trailer, there's Jesse Jackson and Quincy, and everybody wants to do a prayer circle, some bullshit. <laughs> and, um, you know, and of course, I'm high on quaaludes, by the way. And, um, and he went off with Robin and, and was out all night doing coke and came back the next morning and... Um, Oh my God! Um, oh God! These memories. Um, was any of this what? shot? Was any of this shot live? Because yeah. I remember seeing, you know, some that he was just disoriented and just like. Well, he, the second night he did it, he was much better. Okay, right. and then the second night he did it, he was great. But yeah, they had to do pickup shots, which meant they had to go back and reset the, the the whole scene without the audience. They got they got some seat fillers to kind of so they had to do a reshoot with, with um that wasn't those two nights. So they had the two nights the first night didn't count, but they had to cut it. And sometimes you can tell. Sometimes you can tell if you're really looking. Right. But it but you know, it was it was triumphant in the fact that, you know, he got back on stage, he did his he did his best, he did his routine. Um, people <coughs> pardon me, a lot of people point to that as as his you know kind of ultimate moment yeah Um, Yeah. you know so you know it's it's a matter of taste too right and then we went on our honeymoon we were kind of not getting we were not getting along it was kind of back and forth he was he was doing drugs again and he was out with um you know it was it was just bad behavior all over again Uh nothing was changing and and um we went on a yacht in the Caribbean. This is now seven months after we were married. And uh, it, he started, oh God, he, he oh, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the Caribbean, in the most beautiful places on this gorgeous yacht. And um, there's a bodyguard there, James, I used to call James in the way. <laughs> uh, 
in the way James, because he was always in the goddamn way. And, uh, and, you know, we had a fight, and he hit me, and I said, that's the last fucking time he hit me. Wow. And you're, not, you're never going to hit me again, Richard. That's, we're done. And he got off the boat, because Uncle Dickie had a heart attack. He flew back to, and I stayed on the boat and for a couple of days, and then I flew back from, um, I, we were in, I was in St. Lucia, actually. We were in, the boat was in St. Lucia. And I, took, I got myself to the airport, flew into Miami, Miami to California, and I met Marvin Mitchelson in the Miami airport. <laughs> and uh, I said, I think I need you. And um, I ended up firing him because I didn't want things talked about, and he was mm. a mean shit lawyer. Um, got my retainer back. All that doesn't matter. That's just... <laughs> but um, I know, it's just blah, blah. But that was... Um, and then we were we were officially divorced six months later, and I moved back to New York. Now, did you during that that time between the first marriage and the second? Oh, we were to, we were back and okay. forth all the time. Okay. I never stopped loving him. Say. I was madly in love. Love is love is love. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally and agree. And I was I was madly in love, and and my heart was broken in a million pieces. Now. I went on, I traveled, I had other boyfriends, I mean, I went on with my life, I wrote a book, it got published, thank God. The name Tarnished, of the book? Tarnished Angel. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, and, yeah, yeah, it's really a good book, it is, it, it, oh my God, that was, what, 30 years ago, um, I wrote that, and, um, uh, I've been writing a sequel, um, to it, um, but yeah, no, I you know, and I figure I went back to New York to kind of get my what they just have, what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to kind of figure it all out, put everything back together, and and work on myself. I got into therapy. I, I think I read every self help book that was published um, in the eighties and early nineties. And then in ninety four, you know, and we were back and forth. He shot uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, was in New York in eighty nine, and I worked with him on that. Oh. yeah. And uh, he was staying at the plaza today, and I made the mistake of telling him he was very needy. And I, I said, why are you walking like an old man? Well, he can't, told me he had MS, and he had been diagnosed in 1986 at the Mayo Clinic. He was very needy. I said, Richard, you need to just take a walk up Madison Avenue. Well, that was the last thing I should have said to him. He showed me. He took a walk up Madison Avenue and he picked up some sales girl in, 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 in one of those shops on Madison. And um, yeah, so wow. we 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 kind of ended badly again, but um, but never stopped communicating or seeing each other. And then when he was in New York, on a um, there was a celebration for him at the Apollo. I went to see him at the Helmsley Palace, and there were water glasses full of vodka and pills everywhere and looking like he was trying to kill himself and huh. hangers on ex-girlfriends ex-wives it was it was grim scene and deborah was there asking me to go down to the jewelry shop the the hotel jewelry shop and get the white lady's price for the ring <laughs> I, I mean you can't make it up but um you know all this was going on and uh, he said to me my life's falling apart i need you i need you i need help and I said, well, gosh, Richard, this is a big ask. I don't know. There's so much chaos around you all the time, you know. So I, I made a couple of trips back to L.A. to kind of check out what was going on. And, and I sat with my father, who was an attorney, and I said, Dad, I love him, but this, what do you think? And he said, well, 
Because Richard was a great one to get you to do stuff, and then he would, everything would be fine, and then he would go, bam, and the apple cart, all the apples would go in the air, right? Yeah. So I had this fabulous rent-stabilized duplex on Beekman Place. I said, Richard, if I'm going to give this up, you know, what guarantee do I have that you're not going to just tell me to get lost in six months, you know? I, I, so anyway, the point was we came to an agreement. I drove cross-country with my dogs, and then everybody, all hell broke loose. Everybody got mad at me. All the kids came after me. All the ex-wives came after me. What's she coming back for? I'm like, well, all you bitches are 20 minutes down the freeway. You're not doing anything to help him. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked like the Beverly Hill, the hillbillies, you know, going with the dogs and the, and the big RV traveling cross-country. And, um, and I spent two years picking up messes and firing the business managers, getting new lawyers, getting new business managers, and oh, everyone came after me. I had to have restraining orders on one of the wives, and I mean, it was, because when you turn the money spigot off, they don't wow. like it. Say. I say, closed the bank of prior. Wow. Say, then, now you were threatened by the maid even, wasn't you? Oh, I was threatened by the maid, absolutely. The maid, <laughs> the maid, the maid said, I said, you need to get gone. And she said, she looked me in the face. She was shorter than me. She pointed in my, gave me one of her fingers and shook it in my face. She goes, I know people who will have you killed. <laughs> wow. And I, I said, bitch, I bet you do. Now. And the, I called the police and made it, you know, 911. I got a bitch here who just threatened my life. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. it was, it was hot and heavy. I'm telling you. For, but Richard had a lot of chaos around him all the time. Say, this, this wasn't anything new. No, I was prepared for it. There was a lot of chaos around him, sometimes manufactured by Richard, say, often manufactured by Richard. He liked it. He liked to pit women against women. He liked the chaos. It kept everybody. It was kind of the court of Henry VIII sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I heard when you went back the second time and you closed the bank of uh, prior, prior that... Uh, you thought Richard was actually trying to kill himself at that time. I did. There were guns everywhere. There were guns uh, hidden in his cashmere sweaters, underneath the bathroom sink, under his pillow. There were guns, and I'm talking brand new Berettas and Rugers, and, you know, I didn't know what kind of guns were going <laughs> on. I never heard names like, okay, but, uh, and scary shit. And, um... And they were good guns. I didn't just want to dump them. So I went down to the gun shop and sold them out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they wouldn't let me sell them in the shop. Right. So you know, wow. but, but I took the ammunition and I dumped it in a dumpster out of the supermarket at 3 in the morning. And when I told, uh, I told one of his bodyguards that, and he said, you, you, you did what? I said, there was... Boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of ammunition. Say, and they were they were like, you don't know what you did. You that was that was so much. Mo I said, I don't care. What, what I mean, no, that's going in the garbage. And um, I just thought, you know, if he's asked me to come put it back together again, try to put the scene back together and take care of his business and his legacy and his health, I'm not going to let him kill himself on my watch. Right. And he didn't. He lived 11 more years. And and I also heard that you fired the lawyers, that they were on, was it $65,000 a month? A, a retainer a month, and he wasn't working. Wow. 
So they're just. I mean, no, it was crazy. It money. was the, the how I like to say it is the locusts had descended. Wow. The locusts had descended. They were picking the bones, and I know Richard. He was waiting for everything to get gone, and then he was going to kill himself. And I wasn't going to let that happen. You know, I learned a lot about myself, Ed, and one of the things I learned was I just didn't love him. I was loyal, and I was protective, and I was going to not let this fucking happen to this man. That's and beautiful. I was going to, and, and, and they were selling off his intellectual property, too. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I had to, then I had to learn a lot. I had to go after people. I had to sue people to get back IP that didn't belong to them which I still do to this day. I have to police all that property, all that intellectual property, right? Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, trademarks, copyrights, and I had to coalesce everything, put everything back together, because people were, 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 were selling what wasn't nailed down. Wow. You know, and, and he had a gourmet cook, and he wasn't eating. And, and these women were leaving the house with three-tier cakes and, you know, casseroles. And, I mean, what? It, just, you couldn't make it up. And the house he was living in was, was a fortune just to have monthly, a rental. And we bought him a smaller house. And we, we just, we organized everything. It took two years just to organize, you know, just to get him, you know, stop the hemorrhaging of money, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and then organize the rest and then focus on his legacy. And all the while focusing on his health too, making sure he got to the doctors. And, you know, he had a feeding tube for six years. The doctor said to me, usually, Jennifer, people have a feeding tube for one year, and they die from it. We had it six years, and there were caregivers I had to manage. And boy, let me tell you something. Oh, you know, sometimes, sometimes I had, I chased one down the driveway one day. I came in, <laughs> and she was drunk and almost dropped Richard. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, there was all kinds of drama. We're getting too granular here. <laughs> oh, no, that's, no, no, that, it's just amazing that through it all, you were there, you yeah. know? Um, I'm very proud of it, Ed. Oh, and, and trust me, I, I am so grateful for you because you. no telling how it would have ended, you know? Well, I know how it would have ended, and I, I you know, there, there are a lot of stories about African-American estates that are in shreds. Yeah. And, and that have no... No legacy, no, no, no solid estate because the same kind of shit went down. Should we talk about Jim Brown? I mean, uh, not Jim Brown, James, James Brown. Brown. Sorry, James yeah. Brown. Yeah, um, absolutely. But you know, this, now, this it, it was happening. I you, mean, people, it was happening, and and I'm very proud of of the fact that not only did I care for him, but we took care of the uh, of his legacy and and got stuff back that. People did not have a right to. You were you were really connected to Richard, not yeah. just physically. I mean, I, it's more like a spiritual connection. Absolutely, you could he tell. You could tell soulmate. when things were gonna go bad. I'm sorry. I said you could tell when things were gonna go bad. Oh yeah. And and he trusted you, like the night that uh, he caught himself on fire. Yeah. He told you about. He was that. gonna do something. He said, "I'm gonna do it." And I said, oh, because I went back, I went out to the house to try to talk him out of the, doing these drugs and get into a hospital. And because he was out of control on that free base. And I came out to the house and I said, 
Richard, you've got to get help. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the end of the road, and you've got to get help. And that was in the movie, he made me on the phone. Yes. In person, right? Yes. And in JoJo. And um, he said, you better go. I've made up my mind. It's going to happen. And you have to go, or it's going to happen to you too. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Richard never made an idle threat, and I know that from personal experience. One night he said, if you touch my toe one more time, and I did, and I ended up not in good shape. <laughs> Over a toe? <laughs> yeah, I tweaked his toe. And he goes, don't do that. Don't, you're going to see, and I did it, and because <laughs> I could not. <laughs> and, and I ended up with a Covassier bottle upside my head. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But um, but you know, so I he... knew. So I knew he didn't make idle threats, right? And I also knew whatever he was intending, I didn't want it to happen to me. So I got the fuck out of there, <laughs> and I went to the kitchen. And Auntie and a few hangers on from Peoria were there. It was really you, oh now, god. Why'd you go dark. to the kitchen? Huh? Why'd you go to the kitchen? Because I was getting away from him. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he told me it's going to happen to you too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I ran to the kitchen. I, I was leaving. And uh -huh. I said, Richard's going to hurt himself. I told Aunt Dee. And Aunt Dee said, get out of here. You know, I was just, just a crazy white lady, right? Get yeah. out of here. Nothing's going to happen. Just leave. I got in my little Honda, and I flew like the wind back to my apartment, and I called Jim Brown. I said, Jim, he's going to hurt himself. Well, Jim, you know, Jim's ugh, full of shit, too. And Jim, <laughs> Jim said, don't worry about it, Jennifer. I'm going to go out and talk to him tomorrow. So I hung that phone call up. I called the house, and Auntie answered. I said, Auntie... I want to talk to Richard, and she dropped the phone screaming. And at that moment, Richard was running through the house on fire. Wow. Whoa. That's how it went down. And yeah. then I went out to the hospital, to Hollywood uh, Presbyterian, before they transferred him to the burn unit at the burn hospital in Sherman Oaks. Um, and... Uh, the family was gathered there, and I, I said, I want to talk to the doctors, and I said, listen, he's on a lot of dope, and he's on vodka, and, and the family was furious with me. I said, guys, you don't understand. If they give him morphine, they could kill him. See? Right? Yeah, yeah. I said, this is, you know, this is something. What's wrong with you guys? What just happened? Oh, my dogs. Hang on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was uh, rock and roll there. Yeah. See, that's amazing. Now, at yeah. one point, because I was on your Facebook page stalking you, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> there is the, like, this picture. Uh, and I just, because we're running out of time, but I want you to talk about this. Uh, you were doing a benefit, I believe it, for a statue of Richard Oh, in yeah. Oh, in, in was, uh, Peoria. Yes. That was six years ago. I had, we wanted to raise money. Uh, and, oh, and, yeah. And, and, well, and for our listeners, okay, <laughs> this picture, if you can imagine, from left to right was Charlie Darkness Murphy. Yep. George Lopez. Uh, then, I believe it's D.L. Hughley. Then it's Jennifer. 
Mike then Epps. it's uh, Mike Epps and Eddie Griffin. Yep. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and we packed the house and we raised the money. Oh, my we, God. We raised the rest of the money, and that statue is in Peoria. That, yeah, but, they, but George Lopez screwed me. He said, whatever's left over, I'll give to your 501c3 cause for my dog rescue. And... Um, and he didn't. I said, George, you got to give me that. You got to give me the rest of that money. That was our agreement. You know, the ninety-five thousand that we needed to raise the statue we got, and I and anything over that he was going to give to me to my five hundred one. He goes, Nope, I'm not giving it to you. And and I said, But we had a verbal verbal agreement. So I said, George, this this is the end of our friendship. And um, is that why he's the only one not smiling? Probably he was stealing from me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He was stealing as we spoke, <laughs> and 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 he sent me a Christmas present. Um, that 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 was uh, I think November, and then Christmas he sent me. A, he was always sending me a Christmas present, and um, I called him next day. I called his sister, and I said, "Oh, I've got a gift for him." I sent his damn gift back to him. It was a pair of fucking designer glasses, sunglasses. Anyway, who needs them? <laughs> and I, I I I sent it back, and I said, "Here's your fucking gift. Fuck you. I want my money." And um, and he still to this day never gave me a check, but wow. um, that's okay. I will never speak to him again. He's a piece of shit, and let's, he loves Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, but let's, and and I was very generous with him. He's got some nice things from that belong to Richard that I gave him, and um, you know I thought he was one of the good guys. But he helped me put it together. So you know th- there's that, right? Yeah. And um, so that's in the past, but that's another little story. There seem to be stories everywhere. Oh, I know. I know. Now, let's talk about your dog rescue real quick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, it's called 501? No, no, no. Cool. Uh, what 501 means is, is non-profit. Oh, okay. It's called, it's called Pryor's Planet. Pryor's Planet. Pryor's Planet. Pierre, my last say name, Pryor's Planet. Say, say that fast. Oh, okay. Pryor's Planet. And what Pryor's Planet is is... You know, I didn't have kids with Richard. Richard right. had six by five different women. He didn't need any more damn kids. <laughs> he didn't, and I didn't want any. And and he thanked me. He goes, Jennifer, I'm so happy, you know, that, that you didn't. I, I don't know. And, and I figured there was a better way to make a living, too, if you yeah. get my drift. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so we had dogs, and Richard loved dogs. And, you know, we've always had dogs. And when he was sick, we had two rescues up here for him in, in, uh, in his house. And uh, yeah, that's it's one. Of, it's part of his legacy, Pryor's Planet, oh. and mine. Now, how can people donate? Oh, there's a donate button on uh, our website. They can also go to my PayPal. They can find me on on Facebook. I have a page on Pryor's Planet on Facebook. Um, I'm I don't hide. I'm easy to find, and of course, I'm on Twitter, right? Oh yes. Hey, you, you have you ever met? Have you ever met Keith Oberlin? Oberman? Oh God, I love him. I know oh, you retweet everything know. he does. First, first of all, he's such a a, a Demo- leading heart Democrat liberal progressive. I love him, but um, he's all over now. Gotten it very into rescue. Yes. It's so impressive. I'm so, I'm in love with him, and I tweet all his stuff out. You know, yeah. I retweet it. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the shelters in New York really need help. I work with all the shelters here in Los Angeles, but and I've got I've got seven dogs. Um, I lost my my one oh, deer wow. yesterday, but um, to yeah. the are they all but, rescue? Um, I'm sorry. 
Are they all rescue? Oh my God, yes! And each one's got a story, right, Augie? Augie was on the street for two years by himself, and we finally caught him. And he still runs from me. He's so scared. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone's got a story. I've got dogs I rescued from Taiwan, China. Beautiful. I've got. Um, oh yeah. It's very meaningful to me to be able to put some light back in the world. You no, know? And, and and that's that's what's so beautiful about you is that. It's it's the things that you do are so different. I mean, you're not getting a, a litter; you're getting a rescue, and that's yeah, that's beautiful. that's right, that's right. Uh, and, tomorrow's yeah. tomorrow's your birthday, so let me be the first to say happy birthday. Oh, I appreciate that. Yes. Now, if people go to your website. They can go to priorsplanet.com. What all can they they see and purchase there? Um, You can, well, actually, you can go to richardpryor.com, too. I've got T-shirts up there. I've got a merch account on on, uh, richardpryor.com as well. Uh, You can get, you've been on uh, richardpryor.com, right? Yes, but this is for other people. There's T-shirts and and, and, um, box set. Uh, People don't buy CDs anymore, although it's collectible. Right. Um, so, um, and yeah, you can just go on there and, and see what you like, see see what you see. Now, do you send this stuff out? Yeah, I do everything. Okay, alright, because then after this uh, podcast, while I'm uh, uploading it and putting it all out, uh, and then I will send you a link to it, I am going to go on, and I am going to order me some prior stuff, but uh, I, want, I want something autographed by you. You want something autographed? Yes. From yes. me or from Richard? From you. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> you're so cute. I'm That's serious. Oh, well, hey, you know what I want to send you? What? You need to send me your address. I want to send you um, a copy of Tarnished Angel. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I am. I am going to log on, and I'm going to order some stuff. Oh, you're um, so cute. And then you'll see my name up there, right? Yeah, of course. Of okay. course. It, come, it comes to me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All yeah. right. And then, then I want an autograph from you. Absolutely. I'll send you a book with an autograph. How's that? Yes. How's that? Max, doesn't Max want anything? Yes, I do. Max, Max doesn't have money. <laughs> Look, you were just being very well-mannered, Look, I, I am. I'm very... You just don't want to be pushy. <laughs> but, that's, but, that's, but that's quite all right. That's not pushy at all. Yes, you ma'am. Do you, yeah. do you take wick? Do you take wick? Oh, shut <laughs> up. Guys, this was fun. He's trying to get, get at me about wick. <laughs> you leave me alone. If I'm getting wick, I got it for the right way. <laughs> <laughs> you got a rush just, car. Very, very well behaved. I love that. Yes, <laughs> you got a rush car. You got to put money on it before you. Can, I love it. I love it. Before you can so, send it so to you. Do you. So on Twitter, are some of those people attacking me? I can't tell. I know, and they don't even know who they're messing with. I know. You know? I know. And like I said, I'm a huge Ice T fan. And Ice-T used to have a podcast, and I'm stealing this from him, but you are my very first person for the Ice-T version of Double E. I'm not a hater, but I hate shit. So, 
<laughs> so Jennifer, we know you're not a hater, but you hate shit. What do you hate? Okay. <laughs> what do I hate? I hate people who think they know me when they don't know me. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I cool. also hate Donald Trump. Thank you. <laughs> I my, also hate racists. Kiss my ass. Hi. Bigot, white supremacist assholes. Kiss my ass. I hate animal abusers. Kiss my okay. ass. Yeah, kiss my ass. And, um, and I love you. Oh, love you, yeah. love you, love you yes. back. Yes. yes. She thought of me. No, she wasn't. No, she, she wasn't. Talking to me. No, she wasn't. Yeah, whatever. No, she whatever. Wasn't. whatever. Okay, now, Did before we go. No, 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 no. Before we Did go. Did you see how she said the, I love you, but the, the voice that she used with you, she didn't use with me. That was the voice that she used with me. She used oh, the, the, the okay. You. No, <laughs> you, 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 I don't want any hurt feelings. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to leave on that note. No. <laughs> love, uh, love you, Jennifer. <laughs> who did, who did, okay, who, who did Richard like as a comic? You know, Richard was, Richard, he had the most wonderful, naive, open, shit about him we could go to the comedy store which by the way when i came back in 94 he did he wanted to do stand-up right again and he was doing it sitting down obviously stand-up sitting down he was not the predator you know panther stalking the stage anymore and people would say why are you letting him do that and i'm like wait a minute dude it's not me letting him he wants to do it and if they said well it's tragic i said no it's heroic it's heroic. And he was still funny as fuck, by the way. Thank you. He was still funny as fuck. I shot it. I have that, you know, kind of guerrilla style video, right. but I shot it. And uh, he went a couple of years. But he would love comics. He would love sometimes just some of the most corny shit, you know. But his his influencers are Letty Bruce. Okay. Moms Mabley. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Mom. He loved Moms. Yeah. And um, and he loved he loved Carlin, but he loved uh, you know who he loved he loved Bob Newhart. Wow. Bob Newhart was an album he stole when he was a kid. Huh. That was the first album he ever stole. So now who do you, who do you like? Who do I like? Boy, I got news for you. There's no one I'm in love with these days. Um, I tell you, I like that that woman Hannah Gadsby. She did some wild stuff. It was it was kind of a, a different form of comedy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's real interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, oh God, who is who is the, there is a, some white comic I saw, and he's married to it's an interracial marriage. He's married to a black woman. Uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. It yeah, is, you do. It is. Come on, Max. Uh, Come on. Gary Owens. Yes. 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 I love him. He is See? hilarious. Real as fuck, right? Yes. 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 See? Real as fuck. I, and I do stand up. I just didn't want to travel. I just got tired of being on the road. That's that a was, hard life. That was That's the part that life. I hated. But yeah. uh, my son also does stand up. Oh, wow. And uh, he was you out in. following out there? Huh? Do you have a following where you are? Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. That's cool. 
And uh, he's been out to L.A. In fact, I uh, Hope Flood called him, uh, she couldn't remember his name, so she called him Kansas City Mixed. Because my son's mixed. And one of the jokes that he would say, he would go, I'm half black, half white, which means I can dunk and make my free throws. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. How old is he? 26. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is is he performing in town in L.A.? Uh, In Kansas City, he is. Yes. Kansas City. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Uh, And then he's going back out to L.A. Uh, I believe he's going on America's Got Talent. So like oh, right now, good. yeah, right now I I whenever I come up with something I just write for him, good. you know, good. and then I'll, some of it I'll keep for myself. Nice. You know. uh, so are you too? Are you too competitive? Yes, very. Oh wow. Yes, yes. The last time <laughs> we did a show together, I beat him, and he owed me five push-ups anytime. Oh. So I oh. could I could cash in one, two. It didn't matter. And uh, I gave the final two to his uh, wife. He just recently got married. I'm going to tell you right there, that was debatable. I, I thought that. No, 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 I thought no, that, no, no. So, so does he want a career in stand-up? Uh, I think he does. Or he's at least, he. I think he's talented enough to pursue yeah. it. Yeah. Very, very much yeah. so. Very, yeah. very much yeah. so. And then my nice. daughter, she's just a diva. But I, oh, I wrote I this that. joke that I um, I go to my daughter's house because me and her mom aren't together, and uh, I can hear her mom in the other room talking about, don't go in the church, don't go in the church, whatever you do, don't go in the church. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck is she doing? So I went in there and I said, uh, what horror movie are you watching? And she said, oh, oh it's God. our wedding tape. So <laughs> oh, my God. So I sat down down next to her, and I'm like, oh, look at this. I love this part. I said, see where the preacher said forsaken all others? See that grin? Because I knew I was about to lie. Oh, my God. That was a joke. I I like talking to her. See? Yes. Yeah, she sounds like real people. I like her. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. well, Jennifer, well, listen, listen, guys, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it I've has really enjoyed been. it. Are you yeah. going to edit? Uh, no, I'm not editing any of this. This is Good. awesome. All right, let it rip. Yeah, yeah. You, you. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, you, I'm going to yeah. tell you yeah. one yeah. thing even right if now. I, even if I can't put them both together, that messed up. I'll just yeah. send them both as part one, part two. Yeah. Yeah. There you, you know? go. Yeah. I think that this is Max. So I think that. I, I've never talked to you, and I think that I think of you as a celebrity. I've, I've never talked to a celebrity in my life. And, and right now, I'm, I'm telling you as honest, I, I it kind of bring tears to my eyes because you are so real. Oh, I've, I appreciate I've that. I've never met. Yeah. Or, you know, just... Uh, follow her on Twitter. Yeah. You want to see how real she is. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> What'd you say? Follow her on Twitter. Follow her on Twitter. Yeah. Say something I'm, she I'm, don't I'm, like. I'm, you want to see how real she is. <laughs> but you are just beautiful people to me. You're... She'll drop the F bomb. <laughs> no, that's oh, what I yeah. like. No, that's what no, I like. I don't, yeah. It's Twitter. really insulting when they come at you when they don't know who the fuck you are, you know? See? Well, and then that's what I told Ed. I was like... 
So when I get on here, I don't want to be disrespectful, but you know, I, I told him, I was like, you know how I am. I, I draw F-bombs all day. And I just don't, when my mama tell me, Max, stop cussing. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I, mean, I don't want to do that like 50 times. <laughs> Everybody, go follow Jennifer. Go to RichardPryor.com. Yes. Order you up some Richard Pryor's shirts. Yes. There's one of yeah. him yes. where yeah. he got arrested in Pittsburgh. Yes. So you yeah. can get oh, that. Yeah. Isn't that a cool t-shirt? Yes. Yeah. God, you know, we talking about watching, careful, careful, watching out for his legacy in all ways. You know, uh, sometimes people buy shit and then they reproduce it illegally because, you know, I've got them trademarked and copyrighted and all that stuff. And then we got to go on Amazon and eBay and Etsy and all the platforms where they where they try to sell shit. Russians and China's are the worst, by the way. The Chinese and the Russians love to do that shit. Stop and, buying and, uh, stuff on Wish. <laughs> <laughs> Stop buying prize stuff on Wish. It's gonna come three sizes too small anyway. It ain't Why are you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no, you but, don't spell prior P H. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh fuck. No, it's, 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 yeah, and I, I've got somebody who helps me do that. She's out of New York, and she kind of polices that kind of stuff. Because, uh, yeah, that's a nightmare. But, um, well, I can't tell you, this has been fun, fun, fun. No, I'm going to go I have my bourbon now. Thank you. And, 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 and just keep in touch with me. And, Max, you too. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, we're, we're, we're inseparable, Jan. I've got to tell you what, that's, he's, like, he can't get rid of me. He can't get rid of me, and so neither can you now. Oh, well, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you two are a good combo. Yes, thank man. you. Thank you so yeah. much. Jennifer, it was a, a pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Ladies well, and right, gentlemen. Ed, you give me a shout out soon. I will. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jennifer Pryor, the wife of Richard Pryor. All right. All right. Yes. <laughs>